Glory to God. Amen. It's such a privilege to be here with you today again on this edition of the Qualified Life. And it's such an excitement. I believe the last edition was such a blessing, a great blessing. And I uh, had a lot of people that emailed me, that sent me personal messages on WhatsApp, thanking God for what they had on the last edition of the Qualified Life. And that brought me such great excitement because whenever God gives you a vision, it is very important to begin to pursue it with all dexterity, with all strength, and with all commitment. And I just want to bless God today because we are here for this month's edition of the Qualified Life. And um, I'm going to be talking about answering your call. Because there are a lot of questions that the Holy Spirit laid in my heart. And whenever I feel that as a person, I know that the people or the congregation that I'm about to talk to also have these questions in their heart. And so as these questions began to pop in my spirit, I decided to go in the place of prayer while I study the Bible. And God began to give me some scriptures backing my uh, the questions in my heart. And uh, just to let you know that you are called and you are a chosen generation. You are royalty and you are qualified. And I want you to answer the call. There's a call upon the life of every man and every woman that have received Jesus as his or our Lord and Savior. And this is very, very expedient for you to understand. Growing up, I have seen, I've worked with a lot of young people and I'm still working with youths and um, it gives me delight to work with young people because the level of drive, the level of passion, the strength, the energy at which they pursue purpose and pursue the things of God is such exciting. But you see, just to let you know that your passion for the things of God is not a mistake. You did not just choose this path because it was convenient or palatable. You will agree with me here, men of God present and those listening to this audio. You will agree with me that the most difficult thing to embark on is the service of God. Not because it is difficult to serve God, but because serving God and serving God's people is not just an easy task. So when you see people with such great passion doing the things of God, it's not because they found an easier road instead of doing a business or working with the government or finding a job they decided to do the things of god and because that's an easier route to embark on no 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 the work of god is tedious it takes a lot to work with god and to work for god and so the bible says in the book of first corinthians chapter 12 verse 3 that no one can call jesus lord except by the spirit no one so the passion that you have, the energy that you demonstrate, it's not just something that came as a result of your joblessness or because you, or you are in your youth or you are in your prime and you need to exercise some level of energy. No, that's not the reason. It was God that has placed that energy. To make you understand that your inclination and your tendencies towards the things of God is not just a mere passion. You have been invited by divinity for this task. 
and you must embrace it and count it a rare privilege to walk with God and declare his divine counsel on earth. This is very, very important. In the book of Philippians chapter 2, verse 13, the King James Version says, It is God that works in us both to will and to do of his good pleasure. And you see, that's the scripture I told you that God began to uh, 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 brood in my spirit as I walked through different renditions of these particular scriptures. That's Philippians 2 verse 13. In the message translation, this is so exciting. The Bible says that that energy is God's energy. Wow. An energy deep within you. God himself willing and working at what will give him the most pleasure. That energy is God's energy. Wow, such a great uh, consolation for everyone that have been pursuing the things of God. For everyone that have been pursuing the work of the ministry. It's such a great excitement. Wow. And you see, the Bible says that the energy that you exert the passion that you exert, that drive that you put into the work of God, it's not just your doing. It is God that has placed that in him so that he will be able to get the maximum pleasure out of your service with him. And this is so exciting to hear. This is a big consolation for everyone that have been passionate about God's work and people look at you and it looks as though you are crazy you don't have what to do with your money you don't have what to do with your time and you're just everywhere in church everywhere in evangelism everywhere doing gospel work uh, God's work and it looks as though you are crazy but this is a consolation because that energy you exert is God's energy so your passion is a sign that you are called your drive is a sign that you have sensed your qualification in the spirit and your love for Jesus and the brethren is an evidence of your validation by God for kingdom exploit. So God wants to take the glory through your service. So he puts that passion and drive in you in order to achieve his purpose. So all the while when you see yourself in church, when you see yourself as a musician going to the studio recording gospel songs to bless the nations, it is not your doing. It's not because you are so skillful in music or in notes. That's why you have that kind of passion and drive. It is God that has put that passion in you so that he will be able to get the maximum glory and the pleasure out of your service for him. But you see, times will come when the enemy will attack. Because the enemy always comes for things that will give God glory. Is always anti-God, is always anti-Christ. Anything that we give the maximum glory to God, the enemy always fights against those things. And you see, times will come when you will feel the urge to go cold and quit. When you feel you are just wasting time and losing out of life's vital opportunity. That time will come. For so many people here, especially the men of God that are present here, you agree with me that those times came upon you when you felt like you are wasting your time, when you felt like the energy you are exerting in uh, uh, all about uh, in the ministry and the monies that you spend, you would have used it to solve some financial needs in your life and in your family. 
Those times will come when you, you feel like quitting and giving up because those that you invest spiritual things into their life, they don't even care. They don't even appreciate. Instead, they, 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 they down talk you and make you look as though you are just wasting your time and invalidating your effort. So those times will come. But when these seasons come upon you, I want you to know that the adversary, the enemy is at work. And I would like you to permit me to show you some activities of the enemy. Because the Bible admonishes us that we should be consistently aware of the devices of the enemy. It says you should not be ignorant of the devices of the enemy because when you are aware of the activities of a man or a person, it is easier for you to handle the person or it is easier for you to operate well with the person. And so God admonishes us in his word that we shouldn't be ignorant of the tricks, the wiles, the devices of the enemy. In the book of John chapter 10 verse 10, it says the thief cometh not but for one purpose, that he may steal, he may kill, and he may destroy. And also in the book of 1 Peter chapter 5 verse 8, scripture says that be sober, be watchful, your adversary the devil as a rolling lion walketh about seeking whom he may devour. You must have heard that the reason why the enemy walks about seeking for whom he may devour is because there are some levels and some categories of people that he cannot devour. And those in the category that, the, that are not devourable by the enemy are those who obey or pay attention keenly to the first line or the first part of first peter chapter 5 verse 8 it says be sober be watchful to be sober means to be conscious to be aware to be awakened to the tricks and the wiles of the enemy to be watchful it means to be mindful to be at a lot because your adversary the devil as a rolling lion he walks about seeking for whom he will devour so the enemy major purpose in your life is to rob you of your joy to rob you of your peace and your confidence in your god-given purpose the enemy is to is, is just out there to kill your faith to kill your hope and to destroy your fellowship with god you must take this into cognizance for the purpose of this teaching today people of god i'm just going to be talking to you about joy this is the, one of the major aspects that the enemy seeks to take. The Bible says in the book of Isaiah chapter 12 verse 3. Because the place of joy in the life of a believer can never be overemphasized. We cannot talk so much about the place of joy when it comes to the life and the service of the believer. So in Isaiah chapter 12 verse 3, the Bible says, Therefore with joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. Wow. With joy, you will draw water from the wells of salvation. If for those of you listening to me and those of you who are present here, you will understand if you've ever lived in the Middle East or somewhere in Africa, especially in Nigeria where we're talking about or uh, where we're talking from today, uh, you will get to understand there's something we call the well. And our well, uh, because... Uh, most of the regions in the Middle East and some part of the Africa is a, a, a desert area. It, to dig a well or to have water from the ground 
you have to dig so deep. And when you dig so deep, um, it is a vessel is required, a vessel like a bow that you will tie tie a very long rope and dip it down to the well for you to be able to assess the water and fetch or scoop the water out of the well before you be able to pour into your jar or into your bigger bowl. And so, before you are able to assess the well, you require uh, it is required that you make use of that bowl. And so, the, if the Bible says, with joy shall ye draw out of the wells of salvation, then it means that kind of bowl that we use to assess water from the well, for the scripture saying, the wells of salvation, it requires joy to draw out. So the joy is like that bow or that scoop that you use in drawing water out. So it means without the bow, it will be practically impossible to get water out of the well. And you see, where there is nothing missing, where there is nothing broken, that mighty place where all the mighty promises of God dwells in, is the called the wells of salvation the wells of salvation is that place where the miraculous is actively present the wells of salvation is that place where every promise of god is present where every gift that god has promised you is lodged hallelujah but you see this is what the enemy seeks to deny you of by taking your joy Because the enemy knows that as soon as your joy leaves your heart as a believer, you will not be able to assess the wells of salvation. Because scripture says in Isaiah 12 verse 3 where we read earlier that it is with joy that you draw out of the wells of salvation. And you see, for for, for the enemy to take your joy or to rob you of your joy, your cooperation is always needed for your joy to cease. The enemy can never take your joy all by himself. Your cooperation is always required. When it has to do with your joy and the enemy taking or stealing your joy, it takes two to tango. It takes two to play this game of of stealing your joy. And no wonder Apostle Paul always admonishes us in the scriptures. He says that rejoice always. Apostle Paul always emphasized that you should rejoice evermore in the book of philippians chapter 4 verse 4 it says rejoice always again i say rejoice in first thessalonians chapter 5 verse 16 the uh, saint paul by the leading of the spirit says rejoice evermore glory to god because whenever sorrow and sadness comes into your life joy ceases immediately if you ever perceive that there's sorrow and sadness in your life, if the, the, in the first place, it's because the joy of the Lord is no longer in your, in your heart. So, sorrow and sadness create a negative atmosphere around the believer. A believer cannot afford to live with sorrow and sadness because negative atmosphere is created around the believer that lives in sadness, that lives in sorrow. Because the moment joy leaves a believer, sorrow sets in and you see people of god this is what the enemy seeks for and you must not cooperate with him at all you must not give him the place so when you discover that you have been robbed of your joy because of an incident don't 
get into depression. Instead, begin to confess the word of the Lord. Begin to confess God's word. I'm the head and not the tail. I'm the first and not the last. I'm on top only and not beneath. The lines are falling onto me in pleasant places. I have a goodly heritage. No weapon that is formed against me shall be able to prosper. I am the delight of the Lord. I'm the apple of God's eyes. Glory to God. Continue to remind yourself of biblical truths. If God be for me, who can be against me? For thou, O Lord, I shield for me, the glory and the lifter up of my head. Continue to remind yourself of, of biblical truth. Continue to speak God's words that correlate with biblical truth. Keep confessing the word of the Lord until you find a relief in your spirit. And you see, even when the facts are still present, don't take your gaze off God's word. Because your joy is very expedient to your Christian work. Don't lose your joy. So when the enemy comes in like a flood, stand against him with the spirit of the Lord. Stand against him with joy filled in your heart. The Bible says the joy of the Lord is my strength. Glory to God. The joy of the Lord becomes your strength when the enemy comes against you with all manner of attack. Maintain your joy. Remember, your victory is in the wells of salvation. Don't lose it. Glory to God. And the next thing the enemy comes to steal, to kill and to destroy in your life as a believer is your peace. The Bible says in the book of John chapter 16 verse 33, it says, These things have I spoken to you, that in me you may have peace. In the world... You will have tribulation, but be of good cheer. I have overcome the world. Be of good cheer, for Jesus have overcome. When you open the news, the media, all around the world, it's either they're talking about the coronavirus pandemic or talking about war in Gaza, in the Middle East, talking about earthquake. If you open the CNN, if you, if you switch over to BBC, if you come to Africa and switch over to channels or AIT, it's the same thing. The media does not have any news that is palatable to the heart of the believer. So if you look around you and you want to consider what happens around your environment, you will never be a believer that lives in peace. The peace of God cannot be accommodated in your spirit if you live by the things that you see around you. Glory to God. Because there's a peace that comes from God that surpasses all human understanding. In the book of Philippians chapter 4 verse 7, it talks about the peace that comes from God. And it passes all human understanding. And you see, it is not the kind that comes from the word. It is not the kind of peace that the word gives. The peace that comes from God can be lost. In the face of crisis, in the face of tribulation, the peace that comes from the world that is acquired or that is gotten by the things that you have acquired, it can be lost. Money can lose meaning in the sight of pain and death. Cars and mansions and jewelries can seem nothing in the seasons of war and epidemic. It can all become useless and leave the owners in depression. 
But you see, the peace that comes from God cannot be equated with anything in life. A man with God's peace can be cool in the presence of fire and poverty. Even sickness cannot stop the peace that comes from God. No wonder it is that kind of peace that passes all human understanding because in the, in the face of trials, in the face of tribulation, the peace that comes from God is maintained. That's why you, you, cannot, you cannot understand that a man is broke but still have peace in his heart. That's why you cannot understand that a man is impoverished with the good things of life but yet he still has the peace of God in his heart. That's why you cannot explain that a loved one is being hospitalized and yet the peace of God is still in the heart and in the mind of a man. Why? Because it's the kind of peace that passes all human understanding. It couldn't be comprehended by man because it is supernaturally bequeathed. It comes from God alone. Glory to God. And so peace is very essential to the Christian work. It's very essential for a believer. That's why St. Paul wrote so much about the peace of God. In the book of Romans chapter 1 verse 7, in the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 1 verse 2, in the book of Ephesians chapter 2 verse 14, in the book of Romans chapter 8 verse 6, in the book of Romans chapter 14 verse 17, also captured in some areas of the fruit of the Spirit in Galatians chapter 5 verse 22, in the book of Philippians chapter 4 verse 7, peace by all means in the book of 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 verse 13, and also 2 Thessalonians chapter 3 verse 16, and also 2 Timothy chapter 2 verse 22, James 3 18, and 2 Peter 1 verse 2. All these scriptures talks about the peace that comes from God because peace is very essential to the Christian work. God requires and expects that every believer lives in perfect peace. Glory to God. And so, men and women of God present, people of God, I want you to understand that every time the enemy sells wrong ideas about God and church to you, these are his intentions. He wants to strip you of everything that will bring about the realization of your call. Because he knows that your call is a threat to his oppression and his excesses. The enemy is aware that your call is so powerful and that the acceptance of your call will release precious lives from his control. Man of God and woman of God and those listening to me, I want you to understand that the enemy knows that the realization and the operation in your, of your call will strip the enemy of every excesses and every activity of his in the life of a man or woman that you come encounter with. So he wants to frustrate your ministry. He wants to stop God's call upon your life. Glory to God. Because he knows that the annex expectation of the creation, they await the manifestation of the sons of God. The world is waiting for you to manifest. The world is waiting for you to enter into your healing ministry. The world is waiting for you to enter into your financial ministry. The world is waiting for you to enter into the ministry that God has called you into. So the enemy seeks every ways and every form to impede your ministry and to frustrate the call of God upon your life. So the enemy will always try his best by frustrating you and making the call of God over your life unattractive and make you feel unqualified to operate in your gifts and in your calling. 
No wonder you, you will agree with me that a lot of people that God have used you by his grace to minister to and even lead them to Christ. The enemy will bring an outbreak of rumors, things that are not true, and they begin to say about you. And suddenly the same people that God used you to deliver out, out of uh, 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 numerous lifestyles that are not worthy of praise to God. You see that the same people that God used you to rot out the miraculous in your life, suddenly they begin to castigate you and talk you down because the enemy wants to make the call of God upon your life unattractive. You must not give the devil a chance. The Bible says, neither give place to the devil. In the book of Ephesians chapter 4 verse 27, Ephesians 4 27 says, neither give a place to the devil because the devil is a schemer. He is a liar. He is an accuser. And you must be aware of his schemes. You must be aware. Don't give a place to the devil. Because the devil is a liar. Glory to God. I'm going to talk to you also about something I call the employees of the devil. Just like Coca-Cola has employees. Just like various companies have employees. That's how the devil also recruits a number of of vulnerable persons whom he uses for his bidding and that's why you must understand children of God that your dad your mom that neighbor and that relative of yours is not the real enemy they are just tools in the hands of the devil and that's why you should not give a room to the devil in your heart because whenever you open yourself to hate envy insecurity malice and malicious reporting the devil recruits you as an employee to do his biddings to do his business to work for him unknowingly to a lot of people even those serving in god's house even those with the prefix and the suffix of men of god attached to their name are being used by the enemy because when you open your hearts to malice to envy to insecurity the enemy begins to walk through you and, and use you to do his bidding without your knowledge. So one of the ways the enemy uses humans to antagonize your call is via the negative and undermining words spoken over you. And you see, every time a man tells you how unworthy, unqualified and unready you are to do God's work, you must understand vividly that is an influence by the enemy to break your confidence and impede your vision. Most especially if those words are from those who you have who have ever taught you God's word and people whom you respect and honor in the things of God. Because you see, the worst thing you will agree with me that can happen to you is to receive invalidation from someone you expect validation from. And that's why the book of Proverbs chapter 13 verse 12 says hope the fire makes the heart sick so that's like your hope has been dashed and it makes you so sick but don't lose hope servant of god don't lose hope child of god because there is a good news there is a good news because you have been elected by grace your election is an election by grace your election is an election by grace the Bible says in the book of Romans chapter 11 verse 5, 
says our election is an election by grace. You must understand that the commendation of men are very, very sweet. But outside that, you must come to an understanding that the commendation of God is most important. And that your qualification is in the spirit. In the book of 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 5 and 6, which happens to be our anchor scripture for the ministry and also for the qualified life. In the NLT rendition of 2 Corinthians chapter 3 verse 5, the Bible says, It is not that we think we are qualified to do anything of our own. Our qualification comes from God. He has enabled us to be ministers of his new covenant. This is a covenant not of written laws, but of the spirit. So your qualification is from the spirit. Your qualification is not tied to the validation of men. Because a man can invalidate you when he's no longer happy with your activities. When he's no longer happy with your growth and if he's an insecure man, he may decide to invalidate and frustrate your work and frustrate the gift of God upon your life via the activities of the enemy. But you see, our qualification is in the spirit. Glory to God. It has nothing to do with the activities of men because it was bequeathed to us in the spirit. So as important as the commendation of man is, the commendation of God is most needed. And if God be for you, it doesn't matter the multitudes against you. It doesn't matter. If God be for you, it doesn't matter the people who try to talk down your ministry. It doesn't matter the people who try to talk down the gift of God upon your life. If God be for you, the Bible says, who can be against you? And so you must recognize that when it has to do with your call, servant of God, listening to me and those listening to me by, by means of podcasts or whatever social media, I want you to understand that you should stand your grounds and understand that no weapon that is formed against you shall be able to prosper. No weapon. In the book of Isaiah chapter 54 verse 17, says no weapon that comes against you shall be able to have a foothold. It cannot be able to prosper. And so, you should be aggressive because your call is your life. When it has to do with your call, don't take it soft with the devil. Don't take it soft with the accusers. Go in the place of prayer and begin to attack everything that tries to attack your call. Because your call is your life. Glory to God. But there's a good news. The Bible says in the book of Philippians chapter 1 verse 6, it says, being confident of this very thing, that he who has begun a good work in you will perfect it until the day of Jesus. He who has begun a good work in you. There's a good work that has begun in you. And I want you to be strong and know that there's a God that ruleth in the affairs of men and is ready to complete what he has started in your life. Glory to God. And just to let you know that your call is important to God. Your call is so important to God. Remember where we read in the book of Philippians that that energy that, that you are exerting, that passion that you're demonstrating, it was God that has put the energy in you because he wants to get the most out of your life. He wants to get the pleasure. He wants to get the glory out of your life. So your call is so important to God. It's so important to God. And you get just to let you know also that destinies are dependent on your call. Destinies are dependent on the manifestation and the realization of your call. 
So your life is so important to God and he will complete what he has started. Don't throw in the tower, servant of God. Don't throw in the tower, child of God. Because every great vision is challenged and yours will emerge victoriously. Yours will triumph because you are more than a conqueror because of the perfect works of Christ on the cross of Calvary. Because of the shed blood of Jesus on Calvary. Your life and your ministry must travel to the place of glory. Glory to God. So never forget that you are a chosen generation. You are a royal priesthood. A holy nation. A peculiar person. You are on earth to show forth the praises of him who had called you out of darkness into his marvelous light. You are qualified for this task. It's not because of your qualification or your degree from the university or whatever college you went to. Your qualification is tied in the spirit. Your qualification is based on the perfect sacrifice of our Lord Jesus. And if you have this understanding, you will walk boldly with your shoulders high, knowing that God has called you for a tax. Your ministry is so vital to the end time, to the preparation of the holy church and the spotless church that the scriptures talked about. Your ministry is so important and God wants to do something new through you. Glory to God. I want you to remain strong. I want you to know that there is a God that ruleth in the affairs of man. I want you to begin to pray. Begin to talk to God about your ministry. Begin to talk to God about your call. And begin to impede every attack of the enemy. I pray for you in the name that is above every other name. Those listening to me and those present. Every attack from the pit of hell. Every plans of the enemy that has come against you to impede your vision and to stop the call of God upon your life. I come against it in the name of Jesus. The Bible says the gifts and callings of God is without repentance. No enemy can. Thank you.